Welcome to the Effing 40s. I'm Paul. And I'm Leanne. Hold on and enjoy the ride. And we're back. It's nice to have you, Ty, with us today. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. And we are going to talk about Ty's career. Ty, how old are you? I know. Forty years I'm old. And just forty. Just forty in October. Still a baby. We're at Still we're at March right now. So yeah. How are you feeling about your three month adventure? It's good. It's actually been a, a very um, you know unrelated to turning forty. It's been a very um, impactful year. You know, with the new decade switching over, my new decade switching over certain movements in the career, certain movements in family, certain movements in, in, uh, in music. So um, serendipitously enough, 2020 and 40 and all this stuff, it's all just numbers that don't truly mean anything, but it happened to line up with massive dynamic change in my right. life. So, yeah. Yeah, 40 is kind of the eye-opener as we discussed on this show quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so music, let's mm -hmm. start there with you. Yeah. Um, we know that you have an extensive music history I do yeah yeah I've been playing live for 20 years um, all just kind of started because I was driving around in my car and I loved the whole grunge explosion so all of the very cool Nirvana Pearl Jam Soundgarden STP pumpkins Nine Inch Nails kind of thing that was happening at the time happened to be right when I was like 14 years old for like a lot of 40 year olds so now everybody's like super excited that like tools releasing an album and everybody's super excited that like Faith No More is back on tour and different things like that you know so um all of us get to relive that, but um, uh, that really got me into music, and then, you know, uh, pick up a guitar, and it's like grunge music wasn't, you know, super, it was it was kind of just three chords and the truth, and I was able to play that, and all of a sudden, I can get girls' attention and stuff like that with it, and <laughs> I'm like, bing, you know, some stuff starts happening, yeah, that's really, you know, I love music, but I sure love the fact that it could it could get me attention from girls too. <laughs> right? you have nothing to say about Which that, is, Paul? I'm I'm still like I can't believe Faith No More is going back on tour. It's wicked. Like <laughs> we're actually starting that. Out. That came from out of nowhere. We're secretly talking about a tribute right but now. Boom! Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you came, came from, from out of nowhere. nowhere. Very nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Last <laughs> yesterday, all I listened to was Faith No More. I love. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I can just That's download them on my. Uh, Spotify. Yeah, great. But like, you got to be forty to get it. Like, no, because they haven't been around for so long. Same with like Tool. Everybody's like, who the fuck is Tool? Remember is when Tool. that Taylor Swift thing and when they beat, they beat her out of the number one spot yeah. two months ago when the album came out, and all these kids are just enraged. Never even fucking heard of this band. And I'm like, I'm so old. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to forty. Welcome you know, to forty. When it when you actually start kind of feeling like you said, you know, rather old. I don't think it's an old thing. I think it's like your second second puberty. Like yeah, really feel like it really feel like it's second puberty. Like, I feel an awakening, and I think a lot of other people are too. I saw a great meme. You guys have probably seen it, probably even posted it because it's related to your show. And it said, um, life truly begins at 40. Everything up until then is just research. Ooh, right? I like that. And I'm like, like emotionally, mentally, yeah. physically, financially, I'm really coming into my own finally, yeah. right? Yeah. And because I'm like starting to get shit. You know, where I've just been floating and trying to figure shit out as, yeah. as I went along, as we do in our 20s and 30s. Yes, we do. You know, and I think we're all living older now, like the whole age wave is extending. So maybe we got this last 10 years for free. Maybe it's really like we are 30. 
right? Because we're going to live to 90 instead of 80 on average. I like to look at it that way. That's so it's a good like, way to look at it, actually. Well, because then, you know, like, it's, it's when people say, um, learn as if you're, learn as if you're going to live forever, right? And there's people that will say, will tell me, oh, I wish I could, man, I love what you do. I wish I could play guitar. I'm like, well, what, you're 40 years old? Like, you've given up? Like, you, like as if you can't learn something at this point? Yeah. And I always refer to this, this thing I saw last year of this 90-year-old yoga teacher who's now famous, and the first time she ever touched yoga was at 84. Nice. 84, and now she's like a world-famous yoga person, right? And so she learned, like, you can teach an old dog new tricks, and a lot of people just give up and go, oh, I'm 40, I can't learn to play piano, or I can't paint, or I can't this or that. And I'm excited to learn now in my 40s. Like, I think learning now as an adult is far different from when you were a kid. It's a maturity issue as well, right? Yeah. When you're a kid, you're forced to do something, you're... You're, you're made to believe that you have to learn a certain way. Now it's, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I can do it at my own pace. I can totally. do this at, yeah. at my leisure. Um, and I think what you said earlier about um, you can live till your 80s or 90s. I think a lot of people back in our day when we were kids just existed until their old age. Totally. Right? They yeah. weren't living. They were just existing because that's what the system told them to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have uh, a whole... Oh, time up. Okay, time up. Okay, we're good. We're gonna continue. Back on, yeah. Yeah, we um, we we uh, we live in a world now where you know there's information at our fingertips. If you want to learn piano, there's an app for that. If you want to like, if you want like paint night, you know, I didn't yeah. know I could paint until I went to paint night, and yeah. I'm like really proud of what I did. But it's because you know there's a new technique yeah. in teaching that seems really simple and why not do it that way and it's like yeah look at what I just created I didn't really create it I'm copying it I'm doing a cover so to speak of somebody else's painting but you're still learning the techniques as you go along you go home with a product after two hours and three drinks and you're yeah. like that was cool you know so there's all these different avenues of learning because of just you know the way that the world's opened up you know like our parents and our parents parents they're just struggling like I mean I especially our grandparents like our grandparents oh, grandparents our grandparents yeah. fought our parents kind of had the sweet spot of yeah. like of you the know, baby boomers yeah yeah of like you know watching houses go from 50,000 to 500,000 meanwhile we buy our houses at three four hundred thousand and it stays there for 15 years yeah and we're like we can't get ahead because the last generation not bitter <laughs> last generation sucked all the money out of the system and now it's equalizing and our generation gets to deal with that yeah, yeah. i sound bitter but it's a little bit true no it's very it's true good, actually right? it's got some merit to it yeah for sure but you know back to learning and not 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 giving up and just thrown in the towel I mean like some people still carry that mentality and I'm just like man like I don't know like maybe I'm a world famous rock climber when I'm 60 and yeah, I've never done it in my life who, who knows? knows but you can't write that off yeah you know just keep learning like as if you're gonna live forever so know? my mother took up art at 64 and that's one of her um oh, things cool. from charcoal that that's she did Amazing. Yeah, so you are like she got an art teacher and started out at sixty four. So no, you're you're right. Yeah, cool. I fear that I may die having never known how good of a basket weaver I am. Right. Oh, you are never you gonna know? take up basket weaving, Graham? Gotta start. Just gotta put Paul's one. Paul's probably gonna take up guitar now that he knows he can get chicks. Well, if I can learn tabs, I can do that for sure. <laughs> totally. You gotta do, teach me theory, I'm done. Yeah, I don't know any theory really. Yeah. Like I learned tabs, I'll be fine. Tabs and and chords, you learn. It's like like I'm learning piano now, 
but I'm not learning how to read music, how to this and that. Yeah. I'm just learning my major my chords, minor chords, and seven chords because I, I know 400 songs in my head that I play on guitar. Yeah. I know where the chords are. I was going, oh, this is C, G, D. Okay, great. And I know the lyrics and everything like that. So as long as, as, long as I know C, G, D on the piano, suddenly I'm playing that song and I've only, I just started learning the piano, right? But I don't actually know what I'm doing. Like yeah. if, a, if a professional penis came, penis? You, <laughs> a professional penis. Penis. <laughs> penis. All right. And what a penis. Not a penis. But not I told Ron, you penis was coming out. Not Ron Jeremy's penis, though, because <laughs> he, I guess he wrote jingles for him it was back really, in the 70s. Really really right? In the 70s. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, like a good. It wasn't like a band chair. Yeah, I had, I had an old record, like a 10 inch record. You know, of specifically Ron Jeremy's penis, and uh, sure. yeah, nice. I, so I I put on that ten inch every once in a while, and just you know, just let it just let it go, let it go, just give it a spin once in a while, you know. Yeah. They do say though that there is a correlation between uh, learning and being uh, having a certain musicality about you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's a natural thing, I think. Tendencies, you know, here yeah. and there. Like, I'm a first gen musician. I've got buddies who are like third or fourth gen musicians, yeah. right? Who like grew up with drumsticks in their hands and grew up with guitar. Yeah. My parents, nothing. I'm a first gen, but my gra my grandpa, my Guido on my mom's side, Ukrainian, he was a sax player and he was a tall, skinny guy. Cool. And he was a bit of a ladies' man. He was wow. a bit of a drinker, right? And it's like there's a lot, and, so there's even, a genetic and he factor. had these fangs, and he had bony kneecaps, and like there's genetic. Sure enough, like. I, I, it sounds like I'm a lot like my Guido yeah. in many ways, right? Baba was uh, pissed. Baba was pissed. <laughs> Baba just short and stout and sweet as all hell, you know? Like, and, yeah. Yeah, but, um, um, yeah, so there's, there's, in nature and nurture, there's definitely something to be said for both, you know? You know, there's a, there is a nature element, I think, in, in, in anything. Like, yeah. if, if, uh, if you have musical tendencies or mathematical tendencies yeah. or physical strengths or whatnot that can carry through the genetics but then of course without nurture you know nature will just disappear right? exactly so, yeah. and you get kind of I think it's stipend yeah, yeah yeah basically yeah so with your music um did you play in bands before and now you're solo is that yep. how it's gone totally yeah I wouldn't have been able to do it the other way around because I didn't know what I was doing okay. you know yeah. so it just started with me on a, on a guitar on my bed and then a garage band, and then this and that, and then moved back to Calgary. I was born in Calgary, moved back to Calgary, and then formed a, a cover band, and then we started playing around town, and that was fun. I was just singer, you know, like my guitar playing was really mediocre, and I always had lead guitar players to do the proper job for me, you know, with me, and uh, go play these shows, and then suddenly I got on this TV show, which was really weird, which gave me this confidence as far as my singing ability, and I'm like, Oh, so I guess people think I'm good if I beat out that many people, right? Um, it was this this neat little thing that happened. So that gave me the confidence. I'm like, you know, I should start an original band because like I'm not going to play. You said? Yeah, it was Rockstar Supernova. It was a Mark Burnett production. Okay. So it was the first one was they were looking for uh, the new singer for NXS. Okay. Oh, I remember that? Really? Remember that? They had yeah, Jason yeah. Newstead on there, and uh... the Jason Newstead one was actually the, mine. That was the second one. Right. Right. So that was Tommy Lee, Jason Newstead. Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses, and then the the host was Dave Navarro, right? So I I one day I came home after a show. It was three in the morning, um, and a friend of mine, Terry, who's was one of my number one supporters, she's a very sweet girl. She was down there downtown at the Whiskey Nightclub on Tenth, right? Yeah. At three in the morning, in line for me, right? And uh, she's number seven in line. She said, "You got to get down here." 
I'm holding your spot in line. And I said, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm, I don't like reality shows. And why don't put this kind of pressure on me, right? Yeah. So I ended up telling Ash, you know, um, I guess I'm going downtown. She's like, oh, good luck. So I went down there and sat in line. And Dave DeVette, Whiskey Dave, I don't know if you know him from the scene. He was right next to me in line. And so by 9 in the morning, I was there at number 7. There was about 15 people in line. Yep. By 9 in the morning, there's 900 people there lined up around the corner. Wow. Right? So they took this tour around all, like, it, it was international. There's 26,000 yeah. applicants. Yeah. So I ended up winning in Calgary, like, it, like from my thing. Good for you. And, and then they invite me to this show, and then I'm being interviewed, stuff like that. And then they're coming to my house with cameras and shit. And FedExes are arriving, like, you're supposed to sign everything away so that if they decide to turn you into a villain on the show because it's all bullshit right yeah, yeah. So if they decide to turn you into a villain and somebody starts throwing shit at you on the street because you're a bad guy and they hate you your family can't sue so all of this stuff was going on right really long story short i made the top 25 out of twenty six thousand applicants good right? for you and then it just came down to a working visa issue to get in time they could take two canadians so they took one guy from vancouver who won the whole shebang and one girl from T- toronto who lost the first round right and uh so it was Disheartening because it's so exciting and then it's like, oh, no, I can't get in. Okay. But it still gave me big confidence and then this TV show ended up getting me gigs everywhere because people were like, this guy's on the fucking TV show. Get him a gig. Nice. So it was getting my foot in the door everywhere and then I was like, I'm going to form an original band. So then it went into the original band format of things. How are we doing, Graham? Should we? Yeah, we're good. Keep going. I wasn't sure if I should slow it down and wrap it up. Okay, cool. Um <laughs> Thanks, sorry. Yeah, I got the thumbs up. Love you, buddy. I like that you're doing our interview for us. <laughs> it makes yeah, it easier. Yeah, totally. Let and it flow, bro. Let it flow. Yeah, and then, uh, so basically, yeah, we'll catch you right up to, to now. So then did the original music thing. Loved it. It was fun. And I was still gung-ho on being a rock star in my 20s. And we won some contests and we were on the radio. And then it came to the point where, okay, well, if we're going to do this, do this, we need to go balls deep and we need to go on tour and we need yeah. to go up and down Canada and we need to spread our name around and I had just had baby boy baby Kai and uh, and my bandmates weren't ready you know financially at all to consider doing something like that so we kind of just said we're either gonna level off and play the same rooms and just kind of go stagnant and maybe dip into Banff once in a while or we're gonna call it so we called it and that was kind of disheartening because it's like oh my childhood dreams we've we've given up you know so that was a bit of a a thing, you know, and then I, I kind of got over it and started realizing how good life is not living in a van and eating macaroni, you know. Right. And the industry's changed and it's it's, it's different than when I fell in love with the rock industry and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so now um, it's slowly progressed into, you know, back into covers and I still write and whatnot, but I'm not like gung-ho about being fucking famous about it or anything yeah. like that. And uh, then I went to three pieces then I went to duos. And then it went a couple of my duo partners, Gil Tugis and yeah. and and whatnot. We've been trying we're, to get him on our show. He's great. He's a, he's, he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful yeah. man, and he I really, like he him. really gave me nudging and, and uh, mentorship into um, playing solo. He's like, yeah. you can do it, and it was scary, but I'm really glad that I do it now because I I'm light on my feet. I can play anywhere, anytime, and yeah. you get top dollar for doing that. Yeah. And then I'll do duo with you know if if it calls for it in private parties, we'll do trio or four, yeah. or four piece. And so now it's just. I, I played in Mexico when I went down there oh, with did you? Jay Burns. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I and saw uh, your uh, pictures on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So he's lined me up with venues down there because that's kind of down the road when the kids get a bit older. Yeah. I'm going to spend my winters there and, and gig. Good for you. You know, and so music's always going to be there, and it's been this this great thing um, that 
that I don't know it just keeps getting easier and keeps paying more and yeah I don't know it's a neat so you're starting to excel at it I guess so yeah the way that you know you didn't expect yeah yeah it gets to the point where it's you don't have to think about it anymore and it just sort of happens and that's a that's a neat thing to have in my back pocket I guess yeah I didn't know what it would be like that you know when you can make at a private show in a three-hour thing not all the time but you can make a thousand bucks sometimes yeah. just three hours thousand yeah. bucks and it's like fuck like that's kind of like I made it so in a way that's very cool you know so it's 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 nice yeah and then that's the music side of things and then yeah you know, then there's the and we're gonna the talk about your business when we come back daddy side and the business side right so yeah we're yeah. gonna talk about your business when we come back so we'll be cool. right back after this okay Bye. Welcome back. We're here with Ty, who we just found out is so much more than an iPhone guy. And uh, I kind of want to get back into the music a little bit. So I want to know what it is that brought you into the music scene so, like, later in life. Hmm. Well, still, I guess I've been in it since I, I would say my first show was 17 in Edmonton. We snuck into a bar, and uh, it was an open mic night, and it was a friend of mine and I, and we just played three songs. We played Interstate Love Song. And Stone Temple Pilots. STP was the first song I ever played live. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I still play it to this day, sometimes. Uh, Nutshell, uh, Alice in Chains. Chains. So great. Yeah, and then I Could Have Lied by the Chili Peppers. So that was my first show was those three songs. So that'd be kind of fun to find my buddy Mike. If you're out there, Mike, he's in Toronto. He's a he's a producer now, uh, engineer. And uh, so that'd be neat to, to replicate that somewhere in Edmonton on White Ave and go play those three songs again acoustically. And we'd do them a lot better because I'd love to hear a recording of how shitty we were at 17 <laughs> years old sneaking into a bar with fake IDs, you know. And uh, so then it just went from there, Garage Bands, and as we talked about in the last little segment there. And um, it's just sort of been always part of my life, and now it's part of my income. Like, it's, yeah. it's actually, like... I don't think I could quit doing it without having to pick up something else to replace that income, you know? So it's, it's become a become a part-time... I know plenty of full-time musicians that make all their money from it, but I make probably a section, like a good third to half of my money, you know? And then the other half is from the Tie the iPhone Guy business, mm -hmm. right? So and I was, where, yeah, whereabouts so. do you do your gigs, like before we go into your other sure. business? Yeah, uh, all over Calgary, Calgary and area. Um, I play BC about once every five to six weeks there's a gig that amazing gig prince george the black clover they get so busy thursday friday saturday that they make they they sell so much booze um they get full of students and loggers and firefighters and stuff like that industry and uh that they can justify flying a person out that's really cool. putting them up paying them well paying for all their food and booze like it's a great great gig and it's always busy they really know what they're doing there a lot of venues in calgary could learn from this bar right it's just so that's one of my favorite gigs for sure and then lots of Calgary ones uh, pubs everywhere from you know Rosencranos just at this past weekend I saw and we're that. there about once every month and we're there on Patty's Day for 10 hours and and then uh, um, so all over town and then private gigs um, are our favorite because they're the most money <laughs> and they're the easiest vibe you just walk in and everybody's in the mood you don't have to win over strangers in a pub you just and walk how in much would a private gig be anyways? To, to, like, what do we earn? Yeah. Anywhere from, like, for a duo, about a thousand bucks, but we've made, like, four grand nice. in, in, you know, in a night, which is amazing. It all depends on the budget and the scale and, and, uh, and what they're going for and whatnot. Lots of times we'll let them say the first number and we just shut the up, you know, because 
if you say the first number, you can easily undersell yourself. Mm-hmm. And the person who says the first number loses. Loses, <coughs> and that's the first thing in negotiation. So you always want them to say the first number. Any of my private party people out there, now you know my secret. So, um, do you do weddings like a wedding singer thing? Yeah, it. I'm pretty picky about weddings because I don't really do like wedding singer type <laughs> songs. You know, I mean, I know Sweet Caroline. I'll do it if I have to. And sometimes you got to whip out, you know, uh, friends in low places and stuff like that. But like lots do you of weddings. Really want to hurt me? No, I'm just uh, we've like I think we've goofed around on that one. We definitely goofed around on Karma Chameleon. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right. And uh, so yeah, um, gigging it it's it's great and whatnot and um, basically. So what yeah, do you like to? Yeah. So you post on your page like whatever gig you're doing. Mm-hmm. So they can and so going into that, um, is your page like your you have a business page obviously for your business. That's I do. Yeah. 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 So Hi, that, the iPhone guy. That's yeah. That started ten years ago, and really, I thought that it would just be a side gig to sort of fund. At the time, wanting to fund recordings and right. gear and jam space and stuff like that, I can have this side gig because I was working at Axe Music selling guitars, okay. and uh, that was my like my full time job, and it was full commission. And the in two thousand eight, the economy kind of crumbled. Yeah, people weren't paying the big ticket items anymore yeah. and a lot of it was switching to online and I was sensing that I'm like and even now like 12 years later we're seeing the end of retail like yeah. it's, it's beginning even worse but we were watching our web sales just skyrocket and the store sales were really leveling off and I'm like I need some side money I just had a baby boy you know yeah. and I broke my phone and it was like fuck it's 300 bucks and it's, Apple's gonna take it away for two weeks and this just doesn't seem like a good way of like like th- there has to be a better way so I ended up figuring out how to fix it awesome. and I exploded my phone on the kitchen table and Ashley my wife came in and was like what have you done and I'm like I don't know but I hope it works and I put it back together and it worked and you know so I saved 300 bucks or minus the part yeah. how long did it take you the first time to fix your phone like two hours you well know? that's not too bad no. it wasn't wow. too bad I just I found, I found a, a really crafty YouTube video nowadays there's there's all kinds of resources. iFixit.com. iFixit's amazing, right? They're the resource, right? So, um, and I go there now, and we're, we're probably one of their biggest um, purchasers in Canada. We okay. have a very good relationship with them because we built it up over the years. We have great pricing. And, yeah. And, and uh, so we've, we've established that. But it only meant to be maybe a little side thing. And then Emery Chords, a uh, local musician, top hat, yeah. freakazoid that I love very much, um, he broke his phone. And I thought, okay, I'll try fixing that. So he gave me some recording time, right? And then a couple other people had phones that needed fixed. So I placed an ad. The phone started ringing. I didn't have parts. So I just said I was out, which wasn't a lie. Yeah. So I just ordered parts. And I called these people back. And 9 out of 10 still needed it done. So I fixed their phones and took that money and bought more parts. Nice. And within three months, I was I was at Axe Music one Sunday afternoon. And my commission report was at like 35 bucks, And I had been there for four hours. And I'm like... This is not gonna cut it. Yeah. And I'm turning down on my phone. Hey, can you fix my phone today? Because it's ringing. Because I was one of the only guys in town, and I yeah. was turning it down. And I'm like, well, shit. Like I'm turning down all kinds of business. So I called Ash and I said, I think I'm gonna quit. I think I'm just gonna do this. Is that okay? I'll be like unemployed, but like fun employed, right? And she was fully supportive and she said, yeah. yeah, go ahead and do it. So after three months of after I fixed my first phone. Uh, 2009 I fixed it in September and December 30th 2009 was 
my last day of being employed by somebody, right? Okay. I've been self-employed since, so I entered that decade self-employed. So the last decade entering from 2009 to 2010 was pretty big dynamically and with a lot of change. And then this decade turning from 2019, just serendipitously enough, has also been a big, big changing uh, year for me. So from 20 to 29 to 30, and then 39 to the F and 40s, Right, right. <laughs> Big one. dynamic change for me for some reason. I don't know if it's a subconscious thing or just whatever, but it seems to be the way that it goes. So that's how the business started, yeah. and I thought I'd do it for a year, and I thought they'd make the things invincible. And then the iPhone 4 came out, because I was fixing the 3G and the 3GS. The 4 came out, and I watched the Steve Jobs thing when he comes out on the on the, the, the show, and he's like, one more thing, and he's showing it's like aircraft-grade glass. Like, this is what they make helicopter windshields out of it. I'm like, well, that was good. It was good while it lasted. I yeah. fixed my last phone and that's that. And then... Turns out those aircraft are, or, uh, <laughs> aircraft windows aren't that strong. Are that, aren't that strong. Especially when somebody's <laughs> dropping it on the floor, right? So the first day that the four came out, thinking that, well, these are, these are pretty much unbreakable, <coughs> the phone was ringing, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't, couldn't even get parts for them yet, but I'm like, well, if the first day people are like breaking them, walking out of the Apple yeah. store and calling me... Yeah. Because the Apple Store is going to charge them a thousand bucks or something yeah. stupid, right? Not a thousand bucks, but I know. So, so I thought, okay, we got another year or two out of this, and then the years rolled by, and the kids started coming, and yeah. then, and you know, so it was sort of to fund music, yeah. And then I sort of let go of like that push for, for for like being you know recording artist and all this stuff, and it segued into a way to support the family, essentially from. What I was going for was something that I could raise the kids from home, you know, and not have to yeah, farm them out. More hands on. More hands on, and and forever grateful, and no matter what happens. To your children. So beneficial because they are two incredible little souls, and I think a lot of that has to do with how hands on we were able to be yeah. because of the self employment, you know. So. so did you teach your wife, or did she watch the videos? Because I know that I broke my phone, and she came to my work nice. to fix it. Totally. So about three, four years in, so by about 2014, she was out for a run. By now, she would be answering the phone for me because some, like, sometimes like there's two phones here, but at one time yeah. it was just one phone. It was my personal phone. Right. Right. So that phone number was my personal phone, which segued into the tie the iPhone guy phone. And then I got a personal phone outside of it because sometimes you just need to put it in a drawer and, <laughs> and say, I'm taking, yeah, and I'm taking some time off, but then gave it to her. And so she was able to answer it and say, Oh, are we, yeah, iPhone four back is 40 bucks. And yeah, it takes this long and she can do it, but at least she could book it for me and take the inbound calls and stuff like that. And then she was out for a run, and she comes back from a run, and her knees were cut up, and she had cuts on her hands, and she was running down just really close to where we are right now, running down the hill, uh, just uh, on Candy Meadows there, yeah. and she tripped and just ate it, right? Oh. And she just comes in with tears in her eyes and blood on her knees and broken phone. Like, oh, honey, so we can take her in and fix her all up, and then it's the next day or the day after, we're looking at this broken phone, and I'm like... Hey, do you want to like? Do you want to see how to fix your own phone? It could be fun. And she's like, Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. So we sat down, fixed the phone. I'm like, it's easier than you think, as long as you just go step by step, nice and slow. And then she fixed it, and I'm like, So that means you can fix a phone? And she's yeah. like, I guess so. So then, like, all of a sudden, it's like I can take an evening off or something. And she fixed the phone, yeah. and then so it turned into one thing and another. And then it's like, Well, let's show you how to do a home button. Let's show you how to do a battery, a charging dock. Oh, the five came out. Let's show you, let's learn the five together. And so it kind of became this family business, right? And so now 
she does she she does the iPads. Yeah. Right. She's our iPad girl. I haven't done an iPad in seven years because I don't like working on them. And then she's it's a like, big piece of glass. <clears throat> it is, and it's glued. Oh, it's glued together as opposed to screwed together. Now an iPhone, I can give it back to you, and it's like factory, and I yeah. like that because I'm like like that. Like it's like it's I, it, like it has to be. And iPads, they're always a little bit squishy, and they weren't perfect, right? Like iPads, they have to get so perfect. Easy. But Ash has got to be the best in town because she's really good at it and patient, and you know we've we've morphed our technique with it and stuff like that. So she is the iPad girl. To this day, if you call Ty the iPhone guy and we book it and you need an iPad fix, it's going to be Ash that's fixing it for you, right? Cool. And so now we've got a couple other employees trained. we got my brother. we got one of Ash's cousins that we're training here soon. And then we've got a location. Cool. Yeah, I guess to, to bring us up to date, it just one year led to two, led to three, led to ten. So we've just passed our tenth year. Congrats. And thank you very that's much. Awesome. i got a question for you. Yeah. So in my past experiences, I've worked for family. I've worked with family mm. and in my experience it's never turned out yeah well for me how does how does that it's, uh play on the family dynamics it, working together all the time it can be tough um you know there's definitely it's hard to give shit to your wife right like <laughs> like and, and to keep it business yes and to keep and to keep it separate and so it's like if there's something that's like repetitively like, well, we talked about this. This is how we do things. And we agreed that it's probably most efficient and best for everybody involved that we do it this way. But, you know, again, we're back here. And so, you know, like if it was an employee, just straight up, you'd be like, we talked about this. Like, like what, what, what are we missing here? Yeah. Like, like we, you got to do the thing. This is your job. This. Yeah. Do the thing. And then yeah. we, hey, babe, you fucked up. And it's probably because your mother brought you up all wrong. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> right. And then suddenly it's in the kitchen and there's coffee mugs flying and no, it, it never got like that. But, but that can be a stressor because like then all of a sudden, you know, um, you want to keep it sensitive and you don't want to. And then suddenly we had this, you know, skirmish via work and now it's time to put all that aside and make mm-hmm. dinner, but there's still the vibe in the air. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that, that is something that can certainly happen, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm training my brother now and I've been cautious um it, it was his wife that suggested it um because he's sort of in need of something to do right now um um just there was a layoff at WestJet and whatnot yeah and my only you know apprehension was like i don't know family it's like you know my brother and i we have you know a brotherly relationship and yeah. sometimes we're really good and sometimes we're you want to kill each other right yeah so yeah. like i don't want to necessarily you can't just go punch him if he does something that you don't like exactly <laughs> yeah and and you know somebody could go getting offended because now it's like all these other resentments come out or something yeah. like that yeah so yeah there's that but then the plus side is family you can trust you can 100 percent right. trust and i run into other business uh like iPhone repair businesses, like say for example, iFix, I-P-H-I-X. Yeah. You've seen their signs around town and whatnot. There's one in Eau Claire Market. So we almost opened that first store together because yeah. they were fixing, him and his wife, he was fixing it in a coffee shop in Riverbend and we yeah. were fixing it out of our house and we would share. This is in 2009, 2010. Yeah. We were sharing suppliers. We were sharing techniques. We were sharing, what happens when you run into this? And we were very helpful with each other. And then we almost opened iFix together, but their kids were older than ours. And we didn't even have Soleil yet. And uh, so I didn't want to be at a place 60 hours a week. I wanted to be at home raising the yeah. babies, right? And uh, so we didn't open that business together. But um, but what I learned from them is that um, the growing pains of having people who you don't necessarily know or trust, suddenly 
$3,000 worth of parts in one store goes missing and there's only four employees and nobody will fess up to it. Shit. And so now you don't know who to trust and you feel... Just fire everybody. You just fire everybody and you start over, but you but then who, who you don't have any experienced techs and stuff like that. So it gets it gets weird, right? And so that's sort of been one thing that like having family involved, you can trust them implicitly, you know? Yeah. Explicitly, one of those two. Implicitly. We're gonna whip out the implicitly, yeah, yeah. And uh so yeah, double edged sword with family, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know. But then double edged sword with public too. Yeah. yeah, so so we've we've just played the, the small modest business even though we're very well known yeah we've, we've never looked to take every dollar out of the repair market in calgary never wanted it there's leave plenty on the table for the other businesses out there the city is growing we're growing there's always been enough food on the table so that's always been that's a good. bonus yeah totally. my cousin actually came to you she's a clown i remember connie Really cool. That's yeah, my yeah. cousin. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a professional business with her husband. He does the jung the oh, juggling neat. and fire eating. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Super cool. They had come. So we're gonna talk about your kids and your family when we come back. Okay. Cool. Right on. And we'll be back after this. See you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. We're back. With Ty. Um, so what does life look like for you now? How uh, is how do you attain balance between the band and work and family? Yeah, that's that's actually really been, you know, part of this I was talking about the how the decade changes and the and the the thirties to forties kind of change. And balance has been I'm a Libra, you know, and it's been a little bit hectic and out of balance the last little bit you know my 30s were so developmental in so many ways it was like I didn't know I'd be starting a business that would be 10 years running mm-hmm. I've like like when I was 29 just having a baby boy when I was 29 who's 11 now and didn't know I was having a, a, a baby girl right around the corner so it's like the my 30s were about growing a family that now is very quite self-sufficient right like they, yeah. they, they they're they're what are at the my, ages? They're at my place right or... now alone and they're taking care of each other. And that's that's, 10 years ago, that's of course impossible. So yeah. it's like they're 11 and 8 uh, and they're amazing little beings and they're super, super cool. You know, they're super cute. They are super cute, yeah. Their pictures are amazing. And just, you know, wise, caring. You know, they get at each other sometimes, but it's because they're together all the time. And so we try to create balance where they have some separation from each other. Um, so growing a family in those 10 years. You know, that's a lot of energy, of course. Growing a business in those 10 years, that's a lot of energy. Growing um, music to go from, you know, playing in a in a band and we, where we play once every month and, you know, now I play three nights a week pretty okay. much, right? And yeah. so, but, but that took building and that took energy. So 30 to 40... I don't know when I slept, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it was a pretty, <laughs> did you sleep? <laughs> right. It was a pretty like formative time. And now reaching my forties, it's, it is about getting back to that balance. So it's balance. like the kids have, have gotten to, you know, a more self-sufficient age and I'm still very present. We're still very present with them and at all times, but they can wipe their own bums and they can make yeah. their own snacks. And so they the biggest can, thing now is you know, taking care of yourself mentally it, and physically. It is. This last year really has been uh, like a, a lot about self-care and learning how to take breaks. Like, yes. So I want my 40s to be calmer than yes. my 30s and sort of ride the momentum that I built in the last 10 years. And enjoy it. 
and enjoy it, you know, because yeah. now with music, I mean, there's always new things that I can do, but like now that I can gig three nights a week and it's, I don't stress about my gigs. I just, yeah. I walk in and I know exactly what I'm going to do and it's, they're, they're a little bit different here and there, but I can ride that momentum now and there's an income there and it's great. And then the business, I can ride that momentum and I'm hiring, you know, staff members and whatnot and figuring out and I've got a location in the in the Bonavista Mall now oh, in neat. the computer okay. shop. Good right? to know. Good yeah. to know. And so I can talk about that in, in a minute here. So so now I can like put staff in there and I can like go away for five days and I know that there's it's still being looked after. So it's like thirty to forty was really like pulling the arrow back and now yeah. that I've let go it's like I can kinda just like I can ride some of that momentum. You well, know? and your and business is like your child, right? Like it's it like is. a child because you built it from the ground up. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the music career and like the children. Same so, thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh it, it was a stressful ten years, but I'm I'm proud of all of it. I'm happy that it happened, and but I need a I need a break. <laughs> you know? yeah. I do. It's it's go go go, and so I'm learning how to just chill the fuck out and. Uh, and that's important in your 40s. Yeah, it really is. Really important, actually, is to take that step back and breathe. Yeah, yeah. Getting to the gym and taking, like, yeah. there's, there's, a there's like, a, a sauna place right next to my house oh, now that I go favorite. to. favorite. It's just, and you just sweat it out. And, like, so I bought a membership there, and it's my new favorite thing. It's just, like, I just love it, you know? It's going to the gym, trying to eat better, trying to drink less, yeah. you know, less late nights and stuff like that. And yeah. so balance, it, it really is, you know, bringing it all back to, you know, um, because I, I can't go at the pace that I went from 30 to 40 no. or, or, you know, <laughs> or it'll be, I'll be over in my 50s and I plan on living to be 122 especially you know? with young kids right? especially like, with young kids yeah. totally yeah you so. want to spend the time with them because yeah. they're not going to be young forever oh, right from, yeah. from, from birth to now flew by and they're yeah. 11 and 8 that means like in 10 years that same, since I fixed my first iPhone yeah. in that time to, in the future Kyle will be 21 years old right, right. in Vegas with him yeah. you know like that's and it just flew by. So you're right. You got to soak up the time with the kids while you, while you yeah. can because it just, it, in the blink of an eye, they're not babies anymore. They're not a little squishy. And they don't want to see you as much and they don't want to cuddle. No. So I got to cuddle every minute I can. They grow know. out of that. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate it while you have it. Of course, which is, you know, we'll wrap it up pretty soon here because I'm going to go home and cuddle the shit out of them. Good you know? for so, you. Yeah. This yeah. sounds like you needing a break is a great time to plug your business. Yes. Let's plug the business, <laughs> yeah. Totally. And you know what? We'll do that all day for you. Thank you. Much um, appreciated. We're no, big uh, supporters of small business in Calgary. Huge. Oh, awesome. So where your store is located in Bonavista? Yeah, the Bonavista Promenade. It's this really old school mall that hasn't changed. I love that in mall. Isn't it neat? Yeah. I love that mall. It's, where the Safeway is? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's like a, like a strip mall where there's like you know these private or like these <clears throat> these these local little yeah. a shoe shop and business a, yeah. and it, like these local businesses and there's a music store a music shop in there that my friend Aaron Lowen Studio Nine another Brewster's local on the other side. Brewsters I've had plenty of pints at Brewsters cool. I, I like it there you know um, I haven't been there since I was like twenty yeah yeah it's great I bought my first in grade three I was at Sam Livingston in Bonavista lives oh, in this block. You went there? No, I went there in 1988. I was there when, when the torch ran by, right? The Olympic torch. Oh, yeah. I went to a and, Catholic school by that time. Oh, okay, cool. But we ran with the torch He's down to older. Anderson. It was pretty, <laughs> He's it was got five cool. years on you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, nice. 45. I but, love um, it. He loves when I throw his age out there. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. But, um, but yeah, I bought my... My dad bought my first musical instrument, my recorder, from that mall, oh, which is which is neat. And here I am, like thirty something years later, I'm back in this mall. That's pretty the little neat, shop. actually. Yeah, kind of full Surreal. circle. 
Yeah, so um, I'm in the computer shop in there, Bonavista Computer Systems. There's a little section that is tied to the iPhone guy. Cool. So um, it is, it's not drop-in, but I may staff it to the point where it is drop-in. Okay. But right now it's just appointment only. Okay. Um, so they just look on your page and they find Ty the iPhone guy and... Yeah, yeah. And I live three minutes away and so I just rip down there and and, uh, and do, you know, I, I was there. I did four phones there today and, you know, so... Um, so what number can they reach you at? 403-613-2013. Okay. Yes. And then gigs. Like, where do you gig? Like, where can we find you for gigs? Yeah. Um, I should really be more on top of that. Um, like, <laughs> I should I should post. I tend to post a story, you know, on Instagram. And, and because I don't want to bore any of my people who follow my pages, like, my with my personal stuff. I should make a music page, like, all my music buddies. <laughs> I grew up making it for... My bands, uh, Silent Panic, Audio Erotica, Stalking Butler, uh, Sonic Addiction, Strange Love, like these yeah. different bands that I was part of, I, I grew these pages and then yeah. the projects didn't happen anymore. It's like, yeah, you had a thousand followers, but it, nobody looks at it anymore. Great. Right. I should really make my own page because I will always be there. But I do have a website, timemarshalldeer.com. Okay. And I don't really, the, my contact info is on there for, for private gigs and, and basically what I'm about, but I don't post my dates on there. So really, you got to follow my Personal page, Ty Marshall Deer on Facebook and Instagram, and you'll see me post shows usually the day of. I don't give much notice. Um, so you I mean, make it easy for people, what you're saying. Sure, yeah, yeah. Do you like it, a little help? Yeah, please do. <laughs> we'll right? just post it to our wall on the 40s. You'll be good. There's it's like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That, we'll help you be out good. there. You yeah. help us, we help you. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'll um, get you guys you know right what? back. We're bringing so. you back. So in a couple good. months, we'll bring you back. We want to hear some stories about your band. Totally. And Paul and I look quite forward to, you know, doing this again. And we yeah. want to come see your music. Yeah, yeah. We'll promote it through our show time. as well. But bring that yeah, recorder. I want to see if you've evolved. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Certainly has. It still pops up on, like, my iTunes shuffle or whatever. It's all up in the cloud. And every once in a while you hear a jam from late 2009. You're like... I should have turned that into a song. That's actually really good. Yeah. It's just sitting there on a hard drive somewhere out in oblivion, all these great song ideas that you just kind of never get back That's to. Awesome. Yeah, so. Well, thank you for coming again. So thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah thanks, guys, so much. You. Absolutely. Loved it. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be back next week. We've got uh, some guests coming on, which we'll post on the show. We also have a photo shoot with Numa Models. This weekend, we're super excited to go on with them. We're going to have some of the models in the next couple of months actually coming on our show and doing some work with us. So Hear that, Paul? Models. models. Hopefully we can get a camera. Well, I don't know. He's doing asses chaps. We're part of the... Sh- <laughs> we might chase everybody off. But no, we're legitly asses chaps. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, yep. yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. They'll be on our site. I don't know if you guys want to see Paul's butt, but we're going to... I was Woo! hoping for uh, lambskin, but I guess this will do. Really? You have to be that picky about it? <laughs> so you can find us on SoundCloud uh, in the next couple of weeks. It'll be Spotify, Google Play. SoundCloud? Again? Also SoundCloud. Also SoundCloud. Oh, also yeah. SoundCloud. Did you yeah. say that right? Yeah. yeah. Make sure you tune in to us on SoundCloud, folks. Yeah. iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> iTunes as well. Yeah. And uh, Graham, unfortunately, he's going to be editing for another couple of weeks, but soon he won't have to. Mm-hmm. But have a great weekend week and we will see you guys and talk to you guys all next week ciao bella yeah thanks so much for having me we'll see you again see you again